Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, June 30th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we talk about Joe Delaney. He's the former Chiefs running back who seemed destined for stardom when his life was cut tragically short in 1983. That's when Delaney drowned attempting to save youngsters who had gone under in a pond. Delaney had been the AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year in 1981 after rushing for more than 1,100 yards, and his game was being compared to some of football's best. He wore uniform number 37, and it was 37 years ago this past Saturday that Delaney passed away. Star columnist Vahe Gregorian attended a tribute to Delaney in Monroe, Louisiana on Saturday and wrote a moving column that appeared in Tuesday's print editions. Vahe stopped by to talk about Joe Delaney. Well, I'm jealous, Vahe. You you got to hit the road this past week. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. It's right. true. I believe that is, I'm thinking about this, the first road trip made for a story by a Kansas City Star sports writer mm. since, well, well, spring training, I guess. Spring training was my last. Yeah. Um, and and Lynn, for you, was it the Super Bowl? Had to be the Super Bowl. Or by, I, I'm Maybe sure a KU went, game? Yeah, I went over to college Columbia. basketball somewhere yeah. in, in February. But, yeah, but you... Yeah. You uh you motored down the highway to Louisiana. Yeah. And uh for a great occasion, it, a, a, a wonderful occasion. It was and I, you know we, we, it, it, the elephant in the room is a little bit about the covid, right? I mean it, and and we had to really my wife Cindy and I went and we had to really think about this. And the occasion of course was this dedication of a, a monument to Joe Delaney and I thought really well conceived and Thirty-seven years after number thirty-seven died, and and uh, just a gorgeous monument, it, sort of a new tier of honoring him, that that had been you know neglected a little bit, and there's something about that ground. It's a little bit sacred ground, I think, where where Joe died trying to save children, drowned, trying to save children drowning, right. couldn't right. swim. So it just felt, you know, this happens to all of us in this, right? At some point, it feels a little bit like. A little bit personal. You've gotten to know people involved, and uh, frankly, I didn't know when I went whether uh, I would necessarily write off it. I just knew that I needed to go. But also, you're there under the star badge, and and uh, why why wouldn't you, right? So right. right. Um, so that that's 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 how it unfolded basically. Well, let's reset. Let's reset Joe Delaney um, and the story that you were down there to pursue. Uh, it, it was June 29th is the date. Um, uh, 28th. 28th. Yeah. Yesterday okay. was the exact date. Sunday. Sunday. Okay, Sunday. The ceremony we're, was Saturday, but the, yesterday was the exact date. Okay, and we're, uh, and we're on Monday. Yeah, we're recording yeah. this on Monday. Okay, so it was 28th, and um, and it was in, in, in this town of Louisiana. And just to, just to uh, reset, uh, Joe Delaney had spent uh, two seasons with the Chiefs. He was the AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year in 1981, the year that the Chiefs drafted him in the second round out of Northeastern State, I believe. Uh, Northwestern. Northwestern State. Northwestern State, State Louisiana. I, no, I, you're, I mean, you're doing it for recall. For I'm having to look up all this stuff. So that's um, amazing you're that. that a, a, small, you know, a small college, and, uh, and he was terrific as a, as a rookie. We'll get into that a little bit more in a, in a minute, but uh, but then the second year, that was 1982, was the strike year. So the numbers didn't play as many games. He also had a detached retina, I believe, sur- eye, eye yeah. surgery that yeah. year. So the numbers weren't anywhere near what they were as a rookie when he was over 1,100 yards rushing. 
but then then the uh, tragedy occurs in the off season after the um, you know after his second year in the NFL. Joe Delaney is a uh, doesn't know how to swim, but he sees three boys in the water in in a in, in a what I think I've seen described as a it was a six foot deep body of water. It, it, it probably got a little deeper than that in the drop-off, but it was not, and it was a, it's hard to describe that water. It was a pond that really formed out of rainwater, was, was my Well, and I understand the hole was originally a construction hole. It was, it was a construction hole built for a uh, water slide nearby. And on this particular day, it was a, there, was a, there were a few different things going on at this park, Chenault Park, I think that's how you pronounce it, C-H-E-N-N-A-U-L-T. Um, there were a few thousand people there. And that sort of was part of the chaos and confusion later um, with so much happening, some people seeing this, some not, some not understanding what was happening. Miserably hot day is what I've read. And, um, and, and anyway, three kids are in the water and Joe notices that a couple of them don't come back up. Joe is told, somebody's, a few people are evidently screaming and, and saying something like that. It's, you know, if you, if you were, I think, creating some kind of collage of the scene, it would, it would, you know, what was that movie, Blair, Any Given Sunday, where there's a lot of stuff that's sort of a blur, or maybe like that, that, that uh, JFK movie that was made, yeah, a lot of stuff yeah. sort of told in blurry form, and I think that's almost the best we can do without an oral history of 100 people there, but I, but I think the prevailing notion is that there's, there's screams, there's shouts, He's uh, over supposedly either sitting by a tree with friends or playing softball. Uh, the softball field is real, really mm-hmm. close by. And being a world-class uh, runner and uh, obviously a man of uh, uh, a certain valor, he just reflexively goes and sprints toward the water and had the presence of mind. It's an odd quirk about the story, but to hand somebody his wallet as wow. he was going in the I water. I didn't know that. Yeah, it just, you know, and I think it's sort of a, you know, a little bit of an extra piercing point of this, right? Oh, my God. Certainly dude. on the assumption he'll be back, right? Just hold on to this, I'll be right back. I yeah. mean, that wasn't said, but, it, right. but I think that's the statement. And so he gets over there, and there's also a little bit of a blur about who was saved and how. It's it's There is a school of thought... That, that some believe that Joe definitely saved one of the, the kids. There's also a school of thought that that's not quite what happened. My sort of thought on this, and I've talked with a lot of people about this, is however it played out, it's, it's, the, it's the action that mattered. It's, it's the heart that went into it, not who did what exactly. Right, right, right. right. I, mean, I mean, you don't need to say without certainty that he saved one of the kids for the story to be the same statement. So the way I've always referred to it is um, you're drowned trying to save children. Right. Uh, I want to flip this on you real quick for a second. Though just one thing. I, I have a certain memory myself of this, of that day in 1983, but I wonder, you know, we were both in different places then. We weren't here. Um, I wonder if uh, it, it, you know, news doesn't spread the same way back in the day that it does now. And, but I wonder if it uh, came to your attention in any particular way in 1983. I remember, I remember when it happened. It, it, just like any kind of athlete dying young story, you're, you you remember that. And and 
and I, and I and I do remember Joe Delaney. I was still I was in my early twenties, but I was still kind of aware of card collecting. I wasn't I don't know if I was collecting cards, but I think I had a Joe Delaney football hmm. card. Hmm. Um, but I think what's interesting to keep in mind for someone who's not from Kansas City, it was not you and I were not in, not in Kansas City in 1983. Chiefs games, you know, you only got a game of the week basically, and even even then, you didn't see the Chiefs often. They weren't good. It's it's they're, they're, every game wasn't televised yeah. in your market. This yeah. was pre-cable for the most part, certainly as we know it today. Um, so. You didn't see much of Joe Delaney on TV. You you read about him. You heard heard about yeah. him. And the fact that he he rushed for 1,100 yards plus in his rookie season at a time when the Chiefs were pretty down as a franchise. I look. I had to look this up, but there was a 21 year stretch after uh, from the mid 60s. I think Ed Podolak ran for a thousand yards in one of his early seasons. And over the next 21 years, the Chiefs had two 1,000-yard rushers in a season. The old way we used to measure, you know, right, right. running back success, a 1,000-yard season. We were still in 14-game schedule then, right? Or were we? I, I, no, I think by then they were still they, – they'd gone to 16. Maybe 16 I, by then. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. But, but, but yeah, that was how – for we weren't in – this was pre-analytics and all yeah, that. So yeah. a 1,000-yard season was a, was a huge deal. Yeah. And, uh, and and the Chiefs had two in that twenty one years. Tony Reid had one, and <laughs> and Joe Delaney had had the other one. <laughs> wow! So uh, so he was a star, and he he was a player that the down after the you know after the Dawson Buchanan Taylor Lanier Bell Stenerud Chiefs had ceased to exist. There really was a stretch of six, seven, eight years where it was just really bad. He was kind of their first star to emerge from the, that post-greatness era, at least off- offensive star to emerge. It really – I remember thinking, man, now the Chiefs have somebody. Yeah. And they really, now they have mm. somebody mm. They, can, they can ride. And, you know, and, and the, you know, again, after the rookie year, the second season, which reasons why his numbers weren't what they were, but everything you hear about – uh, about Delaney from people that watched him at the time was he was going to be the next big thing. He was absolutely going to be the next big thing. And I think some rumblings of a you know maybe a little Thurman Thomas type. Uh, Thurman uh, Thomas, not I've, quite Barry Sanders, I've, but right? maybe I've know, heard a little bit of that. Of that ilk. Yes, I've heard that. Uh, whoever you want to compare him to, um, you know, to to envision. I don't think it would have been out of the realm to envision a. Uh, you know, a career of a decade or longer for him with thousand yard seasons, you know, piling up and uh, with his speed and there would, there would have been a case for his durability. He was 5'10", 185 pounds. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and like most guys that are listed at 5'10", he's probably 5'8". He probably, right? probably, yeah, probably even smaller <laughs> than that. But I could have seen him become the Chiefs career rushing leader, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, in that Jamal Charles, yeah. uh, uh, Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, you know, I could see, I could see his numbers have gone would have would have been up there. Just the way the game was played then, and how important the running back was. Uh, I just don't remember seeing him on TV because I don't think Chiefs games 
where I, I was in same Virginia. Here. You were, so you're we're in Virginia. I'm in, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm finishing up college. You're just out of college, right? Um, two years under the job, yeah. Two years. <laughs> and uh, I just I must have read it in the Philadelphia Inquirer. I don't I don't think it. You know, there was no ESPN, nothing like that where you were seeing this. But I do remember being struck by the story. Just sort of stopped in your tracks, struck by the story. And you know, who knew? And, and this is one of the kind of amazing things about getting to do this for a living, right? Who knew you would come face to face with these stories that you heard about, you know, as you as you hang around here long enough, right? You know, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So he is. Um, uh, so he passes away, and and I, I read. I went back and read some of the stories that were written at the time. Uh, I, I also saw a clip on YouTube. Dan Rather was uh, yes uh, was uh, uh, working that night for he was in the anchor chair yeah. for CBS News and that's the that's the clip that tends to get repeated uh, Dan Rather making the announcement of, of Joe Delaney's death which I thought was interesting and that's I think in these times maybe for some some of our audience is probably younger right I mean it, the the notion of Dan Rather at the time is not necessarily a singular voice but it. it Again, with so many fewer media outlets and this notion of a nightly news thing, it, it had a certain resonance that, Absolutely. that you know, maybe any one of 50 others right now wouldn't quite have. So right. it, was, it was a big deal. And obviously then, you know, maybe you're going to go to this next, but I mean, then, then you've got recognition from the president and President Reagan and um, sending, sending Vice President Bush there. And, yeah. So at the time... At the time it happened, I think it was, I, th- I think it was fully appreciated what you know the the tragedy that uh, th- that it was, and uh, to not just a you know a, a, an athlete dying young, but but in the as we as we mentioned earlier, the way it happened, why it happened, and uh, and her- heroically, I mean, yeah. I don't think there's we we can can't deny that. And isn't it something? That's that's the thing I think that stands out. And, and there's something else to be said or written about in these times, but that's sort of another thing for another time. Isn't it refreshing to just feel comfortable using that word with no restraint, no, I mean, so often we, you know, you have to really think about that the misuse of that word, the overstatement of that word, the misapplication, all these things. I feel pretty at ease just using that word for him. And I think that's sort of why it merits not sort of it really is why it merits repeating i i, I certainly can make a case uh that, that that i've written about it too often but i feel myself drawn to every layer of the story as it goes on and there are you know ongoing layers but really in the end i think the whole the whole sense is keep the story alive keep it as an example front and center as much as can be done because we do need heroes, after all. I um, I liken it a little bit to uh, Roberto Clemente's death, uh, you know, on a relief humanitarian mission. Humanitarian mission. Yep, on a re- humanitarian yeah. mission to Nicaragua, which had been devastated by uh, an earthquake. I believe it was an earthquake. And uh, my favorite baseball player growing up. But, you know, it seems like, okay, 1983, it happened 37 years ago. It seems like an odd time to, to celebrate. But there's there's a reason for this. Yeah, the number is kind of neat with this, too. I mean, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, sometimes numbers are sort of meaningless, right? But um, 
you know, we're both suckers for anniversaries in different ways. And, you know, we lean to 25s and 50s, but we, we, we see other patterns. And naturally, the reason 37 particularly looms large is it's 37 was his jersey and 37 years later. But also the, the, the Delaney Foundations, the Delaney 37 Foundation, they had initially hoped to make kind of a big, bigger, you know, coming out this year, it's only in its sort of early stages that what they're trying to do with the foundation, including promote water awareness. But it did strike Marvin Dearman, the diver who tried to save Joe. He woke up the morning after the Super Bowl with sort of, call what you will, an epiphany or a revelation that all these things coming together, including that Joe is part of sort of this DNA of the franchise, that now's the time. Now's the time for a monument at the site of Joe's death. Now's the time to make, I don't know, Marvin didn't explicitly ever say this to me, but other people I've spoken with, I think, like this feeling of the monument being there to make that a little bit more of a place to celebrate his life than just to say, it's this grim reminder always. And I think in some way or another, that's what was sort of surging through Marvin and wanting wanting to do this. Um, so that's really how it got got going. It was his his vision. And Marvin, you know, oddly enough, you know, he's a retired policeman now. He was a police diver then of course, but it is in the uh memorialization business, right? He's worked as a as a at a at a graveyard for about ten years, but and and is plugged into that world, but also felt he needed some you know, support financially and, and thought getting the word out would be good. And and I don't even know if he explicitly asked me to get the word out, but when he, he called to talk about it, it was like, well, this would be a good thing to write about, I think. And so and I, I'm rambling, but I, just to follow that point, I mean, I guess, so this, this led to um, writing about it and just sort of the, the kind of funny idea, not funny, but sort of, you know, quirky idea maybe of asking people if they're going to donate, donate $37, right? Just kind of work with that. And maybe 150, 200 people did that. And most of them wrote notes about Joe to Marvin. And every one of those is incredibly meaningful. Um, but the one that ended up being most uh, sort of profound, I guess, in this whole process was a gentleman named Trip Johnson of Johnson Granite Supply in North Kansas City, who, upon reading about this, decided... Uh, to Google Marvin's phone number and call Marvin and say, I would like to uh, design, donate, design the monument, donate all materials and install it uh, because the story really matters to me too. Wow. Pretty cool. That's very cool. So I got to go see, I've kept in touch with Tripp, who's quite an inspiring guy. As a monument maker, it's very interesting the way he he, uh, thinks about telling people's life stories. They, it's been a learning experience for me to see that that's part of that job in the way that they, that they feel it over there. And Kaylee um, Robinson, I believe is her last name, was instrumental in designing it for them. And I got to go over one day and watch them doing some of the laser work on the monument and stuff. So I'm sorry, I've taken us far afield, but that, that's, uh, that's that part of the story. No, it's, well, it's a very interesting part of the story. Let's, let's take a break, and when we come back, I just want to hear more about the day. In, uh, in Louisiana. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. 
unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. In Monroe, Louisiana, late today, police said that a man identified as Joe Delaney, star running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, drowned trying to rescue a child. Witnesses said Delaney jumped into a lake in a public park when he saw three youngsters in trouble. Delaney and the 11-year-old boy he was trying to aid drowned. Another youngster is reported to be in critical condition. Back with Vahe Gregorian, we're talking about Joe Delaney and the uh, and the trip that Vahe made to Louisiana to... Um, uh, to take in the, uh, the the this tribute to to Joe, Joe uh, Vahe, what what um, what was it like? I mean, how how many people were there, and who was there? And yeah, it was it was Blair it was uh, probably a couple hundred people, a lot of people from Monroe, maybe maybe some, including city workers that, that had helped out the other day, uh, but the mayor and and uh, um, Barry Rubin of the Chiefs strength and conditioning coach was there. He was a teammate of Joe's at um, Northwest Louisiana. Um, and t- other teammates of Joe's were there. And 10 people from the Delaney family, including his widow, Carolyn, the three girls, the youngest of whom, Joanna, was three months old when Joe died, and a, a couple grandchildren, uh, some siblings were there. And then I was also quite struck that Johnny Robinson was there, the Chiefs Hall of Famer. Actually, the, that, I always struggle with how to phrase that. When you say Chiefs Hall of Famer, it That's makes right. it sound like and it's a great thing to be in the Chiefs Hall of Fame, but he's the Pro Football Hall of Famer who played for the Chiefs, an original Chief, an original Dallas Texan. And John, a fellow Louisian. And fellow Louisiana, And he, Johnny lives in Monroe where Joe died, which is about 80 miles from where Joe lived. Joe lived on the other side of the state, um, somewhat on the other side of the state, but was over there that day. So... The reason I bring up Johnny in particular is Johnny is, you know, he's 81 years old. He's had plenty of health issues, but he's, his life's work has really been the boys' home he runs, and he's been really deprived of going there for the last few months. He can't go. It's just too risky. Um, and that's been every day of his life for 40-plus years. But Johnny felt like it was really important for him to just be there. And, and in fact, to be there in his gold jacket make a statement about how pro football thinks of Joe. He never met Joe, but he just thought... It's almost like he's representing the Hall of Fame there, too. I, that's what it felt that, like. Uh, how cool. That's what it felt like. Johnny didn't speak, but he really didn't need to. He sort of stood... Sentinel's the wrong word, but he sort of stood just right in the background the whole time, and it was just... It was really cool. I was always really struck by that, especially knowing what he's not been able to do. It's just touching. And then... Uh, Marvin Dearman, the diver, uh, was wearing uh, his uh, Delaney 37 jersey that Carolyn gave him some years ago. They have had a close relationship. And part of what I've written a little bit about this before, but uh, but part of what to me the day was about was Carolyn wanting this day to be closure for Marvin, a certain kind of closure for Marvin. 
because she, one way or another, has thought that, and Marvin has been somewhat tortured by it. You know, Marvin was trying to give mouth to mouth at the site. I mean, Joe died in his arms. And Marvin, Marvin, uh, in that job, pulled, pulled out, retrieved, I guess is the term they use, 78 people over the years that, that, wow. that died. Oh my gosh. And Joe, um, Joe was different in some ways than others because of his belief that he could have survived if he'd been there earlier, if other things had been had just fallen differently. So, and I suppose, I didn't ask Marvin this specifically, but I suppose when you think you have that much of a chance that you're administering mouth to mouth, that that's a little more of a connection, um, clearly, right, than if, if you already know somebody's died. So all those things added up, and I just found it interesting, have found it interesting that, that there's a connection between Marvin and Carolyn and the family that, that, is, that is quite uplifting. So in speaking to Carolyn, she was talking about closure for Marvin, and, and uh, so I asked her, what, you know, what about her, and she just kind of laughed at me. And I knew she would, and she just goes, no, 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 no. It's every day. It's like it, it was just yesterday, but in a lot of ways, Carolyn, from what I've observed in meeting with her a few times in person, has come to feel Joe directly in her life. You know, we all deal with death differently. She she told me once a story about you know Joe coming to her a couple of weeks after he died. You know, and coming on the porch with her in the morning while she was crying and telling her she can't go on like that, and. She tells a story in a really eloquent and vivid way and made me feel like he was there. Wow. And so she, in fact, I think at that time she told me that Joe saved her life. How about that? Which is really something. Yeah. So, yeah. You've, you've written, you've written about this a couple of times. Yeah. Since you've been here. Is, is it a, is, is it a moment in time that, 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 I don't want to say overlooked, but did, did this, has this death, uh, Delaney's in the ring of honor for the Chiefs. I know that um, when the anniversary day comes, there's some, there's usually some acknowledgement I'll see on a, uh, you know, on, a, on, on the internet. I guess I don't know what else can be done to honor him. It's, it's funny, but, yeah. But do, I just I, I, here's my sense. I think pro football fans sh- should know about Joe Delaney in a way that they they don't seem to in a wider way. I I agree with everything exactly the way you said it, and it's I've thought about this on a few different levels. You know, his okay. Let's go back to your one of your earlier points about the Chiefs at that time, size of the Kansas City market, probably the way the. NFL, TV contracts were then, all this and that. If this had happened in New York or Los Angeles, I hate to play into that cliche, but but we, to some degree, that kind of thing is true. Probably, or Chicago or Dallas, whatever, probably it's it's a more prominently known NFL name, right? Um, So there's that element. But I do think the other thing is the Ring of Honor is great. But something I wrote in the, the column I just turned in was that there's something singular about what Joe did that I think should be recognized in a singular way here. Now, I don't really know what that should be. I think you could make a case, be a fine fit out near Arrowhead, 
you know, I, I, I think that you can make a good case for that. On the other hand, if you really just strip away what Joe's story is, why isn't Joe somebody that should be um, very visible in Kansas City as a, as, as a, you know, example and inspiration that for all? I mean, if you didn't know he was a football player, but he lived in Kansas City, if he, if he, if he had died in Kansas City, it probably would have been different, right? I mean, I, yeah, perhaps. I so. uh, yeah, I would probably so. I guess so. But in these times when we cert, we're, you know, we are going through so much, right? So much inventory in our heads about everything. Monuments are coming down. Yeah. And you know, that's a probably a podcast in itself about where those extremes are going, where they should go. How do you process it? How do you, you know, what what what's the logical end of this? All that. But maybe maybe it's time for some monuments to go up too. And, you know, we certainly can see opportune places here where that might really be appropriate. Right. Well, you certainly have done uh, a terrific job in, in keeping his memory alive in, in stories. And I'm really I'm t- totally looking forward to uh, this next one. It'll be in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. So, all right, Vahe, we will uh, we'll leave it here and, uh, and we will uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, great to talk to you about it, Blair. Thanks. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Also thanks to Vahe Gregorian for stopping by to talk about Joe Delaney. Links to stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and always on the Red Zone app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands. Still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition. There's more than 20 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass for the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports kc thanks for listening and we'll be back on wednesday with another episode